This morning, can I encourage you to be activated rather than here? Can I encourage you to take impartation rather than information? We are not interested in learning more about God this morning. We're interested in taking principles of God and using them in our week. We are not a people that want to have a lot of head knowledge about how God works and who he is. We want to be a people that move and make a difference in our worlds. Can I hear an amen from church this morning? Do we want to be activated? Do we want to have impartation or do we want to be passive and be a participant, you know, just have active, passive participation? Can I just encourage you to lean in this morning? Oh, sorry. Can we just... Welcome, Miles. I already said hello to him earlier, but Miles is Emma's, Emma's dad, Emma D. She does so much for us, but we just appreciate Miles so much and the team down at HCC. Miles is the pastor over there. He's on a sabbatical, and he's chosen to spend a little portion of it with us. So welcome, welcome. <clears throat> Smiling face. I haven't said hello, you know. Appreciate it. But can I just encourage you that this morning that we're looking for activation, Look for a stirring in your spirits. Look to engage this morning. This, this, is, this is something that we need to be active within. This morning, I want to start off with a story, as I often do, um, before we get into the message. Um, th- this past week, I think we had an elders meeting. Was it this past week? Yep, good. The elders, <laughs> they keep me straight. We had an elders meeting this past week. And we, but we happened that night, we had um, my main man, Murray Middleton, over for dinner that night. And so um, I was kind of cutting it short with some of the, like, the responsibilities of not, not ushering our guests out too quickly, but then also I had, had to get to uh, the meeting that we had. And, and time went on, and we're just talking, and then I realized it probably um, was, it was a little bit late. And Archer had been, um, had been uh, asking to go jump on the trampoline, like, throughout the day. And I, my, my, my response is usually if I'm busy, I'm, I'm usually saying, yep. I totally want to jump on the trampoline, trampoline with you just, just a little bit later. And so just a little bit of backstory. Archer is my boy, my pride, my joy. So is Bennett. I love him so much too. He's not, not included within that, but the story's about Archer. So he gets all the love in the story. And so I, I just, Archer's starting school. He actually has his first school visit at real school um, this, this week. So he's, he's like, he's growing up. And dad's heart is is not doing as well as Archer's heart is. I I mean literally I, I probably like I, I joke about it a lot, but that's honestly it's it's quite hard for me. I I'm not excited about it. I'm not pleased about it. It's it's really hard. And so uh, he's my boy, and I don't know how he got so old so quickly. But even a little bit more backstory. Archer is is the boy who counts down the days till the weekend till Dad can spend the day with him. So just, like, that's my boy. That's my archer boy. Like, we're, we're like best friends. Andy always used to joke, Andy's not here this morning. Like, me and Archer were more like roommates for a while. Like, we'd watch a movie together before we go to bed when Bennett was first born. And, like, he's, he's my guy. And so, so fast forward to, to this week. He's starting school soon. And we're, he's been asking to go on the trampoline. But, but we run out of time. And it's actually time to go to, go to the meeting. Now, just as a side note, who enjoys being late? Tammy, yes. And, and Angie, if she's honest, enjoys being late as well. I don't, yeah, I think she makes it a point, like, just don't be on time so that I can be late. I've, I've relaxed a lot in my being late 
strictness. I used to be very, I really want to be on time. But we, we're in a fairly busy world, right? Our, our world is busy, and, and, and we pride ourselves on being busy. We have one thing to the next, and, and oftentimes I think we try and fit probably too much stuff in to our already very over-busy lives. And so I, I had been overzealous and, and really wanted to connect, but then also have a meeting to go to. And then in the middle of it is Archer. And because I was so busy, I didn't even really see what happened. He'd been asking me throughout the night, hey, Dad, can we please go jump on the trampoline? And, like, Archer doesn't want to just go jump on the trampoline by himself. He needs, like, his best friend to go jump with him. And we have a ball. But Dad gets tired way sooner than he does. And so he... He'd ask me, and then I, I didn't even really hear him when he'd asked me the last time, and I just told him, I said, hey, buddy, I don't have time. And I, I just didn't even really hear what his response was. And as I was busy saying, you know, um, bye to Murray as Murray was on his way out, and as I was busy just kind of preparing even mentally, okay, we've got the meeting, what, what, what's the agenda? You know, whoops, I didn't print it. You know, Bruce McEvitt's going to be mad at me for that. You know, whatever it is. And then Angie came over quietly, and she said, hey, I just want to let you know that Archer's Archer's in his room, and he's, he's pretty down. I said, what happened to Archer? He's fine. And she's like, I, I think he was, he was really wanting to jump on the trampoline with you. And I was like, I had a moment there where I, I could have I been on time to the meeting. And they probably don't even realize I was too late. Do you, who knew that I was late? Jeanette knew I was late. She knew. She's pretending that. She's like, oh, no, I didn't. she knew I was late. But I made a decision that, that I was going to be late. I knew I was going to be late because I, I, I was already running late. And so I went and I jumped on the trampoline, and, and it was a quick one because the archer's, archer's okay. If like, I'm like, okay, we're just going to do a couple bounces, right? But I, I had a chance to hear him in that moment. There are God moments in our life that are, and I would say the majority of the God moments in our life are rarely part of the plan. The God moments in our life are rarely part of the plan. And that's what I just wanted to share with you this morning. We all have our plans. We all have our busy schedule. But I want to talk to you that, about how God often comes outside of our plan, our routine, our way of doing things. We, we have legitimate things to do. We have, we have, if it's scheduled in the diary, that means that it's all of a sudden like pretty important. And that's probably going to happen. But I want to just explore this morning as we look at, at David's story. And we've looked at his story recently, but God just brought this story back to me. Um, and just, I hope that you're, you're encouraged this morning with some of the insights. But we're going to look at just this exchange with David and Goliath one more time. We want to look at some of the things that David needed to navigate in this story where the plan could have gotten in the way. Where the plan could have gotten in the way. So starting in 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. On to verse 2. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain... On the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. 
and he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem and Judah named Jesse. It's a fine name who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Archer, the firstborn. And next to him was Bennett. That's not what it says. Was Eliab, the firstborn. And next to him, Abinadab. And the third, Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. And Jesse said to David, his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also, take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Who hates errands? Emma. Does everybody else enjoy errands? You enjoy, okay, I've got a couple of supporters. I hate errands. I think my mom might secretly really love errands. Uh, she's nodding her head. I just remember as a kid where my hate of errands came from was just, I just felt like, like life was consumed with errands. We'd go to one place and do something efficient. We'd move to the next, next place and take care of more efficiencies. And then we'd go and buy food and like, because we needed to eat and groceries and just errands, right? Do you understand when I say errands? I hate errands, especially unannounced errands. When Angie throws unannounced errands my way, that like, that takes, now we're talking. Pete knows what I'm saying. But David was an errand boy. That's, that's what he was. That's what his role was. His job was to run errands, was to look after the sheep, was to, can you go deliver this bread to your brothers? Can you come and bring a message from your brothers? David's job was to deliver errands. Errands, to do errands, to be a messenger. His mission was to take bread to his brothers. I'm going to come back to that. Now, in verse 19, Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines, or just yelling at each other across the mountain. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. Everyone's like, that's, that's deep, Jesse. David heard him say some words. And David heard him. 
the heart of the message is right here, and I'll unpack it later. But this verse struck me so significantly. Remember, what is David's mission? His mission is what? It's to go deliver the bread and go report back to dad. Yo, the boys are fine. That's his job. Get back to the sheep. That's where his mission is. The majority of us live in that our mission is to deliver bread face. Unintentionally or intentionally. Or it's to just do the accounts at our job. It's to turn up at 9 and leave at 5. It's to turn up at church at 10 or 10, 15, 10, 20, wherever you decide to turn up. It's to bake for our neighbors once a week and to go do the laundry and to go get the groceries. But something happened right here that is in every single one of our lives. Most of us don't typically wake up and say, today I'm going to go and change the face of a nation. Most of us don't wake up and say, I'm actually going to go and conquer the thing that's been bugging all of my family. Today, most of us don't wake up with the realization or or this this holy moment where the angels come out and the sun shines down and says, you know, some of that squealing sound. Maybe that's what was happening before. God was trying to shine down and say, today's your moment. That often doesn't happen. But something happened here that happens in every single one of our lives. Something that's so important to reflect on. Remember, David's mission was to deliver bread. I don't know what your mission is today. I don't know what your plans are for the day. I don't know what your plans are for this week. I don't know what your plans are for this afternoon. I don't know what your plans are for your life. I don't know how big they are. I don't know how small they are. But your plans are not dependent on what God can do through you. Your station is not dependent on what God can do through you. This is one of the reasons why this verse struck me as so significant, that David heard him. He heard Goliath. David had completed his mission. David's job was to now turn around and go back and report to his father. But David heard Goliath. I believe that no matter what station of life we find ourselves in, be it grand or small, in the middle of our errands, in the middle of our plans for the day, there are supernatural God opportunities that are so much more than we often have relegated ourselves to and what others have relegated it to. you got to hear this in your spirits this morning. This means that you don't have to be set aside as the pastor to have huge impact in whatever arena you're in. You can be in the middle of doing the errands that I so hate and see God opportunities happen in the midst of it. David heard Goliath in the middle of his mission. It wasn't part of the plan for David to go further. He was actually deviating from the plan. He was deviating from routine. He was deviating from his station. He was was moving outside of that. And I start to get excited because when I look around and I see Pete the Beam vacuum guy, right? Is there a more official title that's more heroic? CEO of Beam Enterprises. We can say anything, you know, really well. 
There are supernatural God opportunities encapsulated within his life, regardless if it's installing vacuums or if it's in church on Sunday morning. The call and the sound that you're going to hear us continually make is that it is not about what happens in these walls. Because when you have the spirit of the living God living inside of you, there can't help to be an expression that comes out of us. But what will rob you of that is you being stuck in your plan. You being stuck in your routine. You being stuck in the way that you think things should be and should go. And not just yourself, but those around you. Hey, you shouldn't be doing it like this. Hey, you need to be moving over here. It wasn't part of the plan for David to move outside and hear Goliath. Can you imagine what history would have been like had David not heard Goliath? Imagine God would have raised someone else. Had David delivered his bread and then saw the armies were lining up and said, well, I better get back to my mission. I've delivered the parcels. I've done what I needed to do. Now I'm going to head back to Jesse. He's a good man, Jesse. But David heard Goliath. My question to you this morning is, what are you hearing? My question to you this morning is, what are you hearing? Are you fixed on the plan for the day? Or are you hearing those God opportunities that so often fall outside of the plan? Verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now big brother, who's so, such an encourager. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Boy, I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. This was not David's mission. This was not his, his a task for the day. David's older brother was very aware of this. He hears his kid brother mouthing off, getting involved in his own mission. And he says, get back to your sheep. He challenges his very motives for even being there. This was not David's party. How quickly will others at times be quick to disqualify you from walking in that call of God? How quickly we disqualify ourselves. But David heard Goliath. And I just, I just need to repeat, rewind a little bit to why is it significant. So just the chapter beforehand. 1 Samuel 16 verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. 
my hope this morning is that you think back to whenever the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon you. Because it's not a one-time filling. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, there is something that happens that it's from that day forward. And so when you have the very Spirit of the Lord inside of you, and you hear something, that changes everything. This is not in and of because David of himself. Who did he have inside of him? He had the Spirit of the Lord rushed. I love that expression, rushed upon him. That so breaks our like neat, tidy, religious, like we have to turn up here and sit this way and look this way. The very Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him from that day forward, meaning David could give a rip what his older brother said. David could give a rip that his mission was to deliver bread. David was consumed by the very Spirit of God. And when he heard the challenge, when he heard the direct attack onto the people of God by Goliath, he could not stand still. He could not continue in the plan. When I heard Angie, she's the Holy Spirit in my life sometimes, come to me and say, Jesse, Archer is hanging out in his bedroom and he's pretty down right now. There was a God moment that we got to have where right before he goes to school, I got to make sure that he knows hopefully a little bit of the heart of the Father from me. That silly meetings don't matter. But it's everything to go jump on the trampoline with my little boy. But can I encourage you? What are you hearing? What are you allowing yourself to be stirred by? Are you being stirred by people messing with the plan? Are you being stirred by why we need to deviate from the plan? What is going on in your life when you're at work? Is the, is the, is the goal to get home and successfully finish your workday? Or is the goal to hear those God opportunities when he deviates from the plan? When he deviates outside of what you've been doing. And can I submit to you that your plan is actually not the plan? That I've been saying that it wasn't his mission to go and face Goliath. But can I submit to you that I think it was his mission to go and face Goliath. God just used the mission of delivering bread to get him there. We have to understand that we are not here to exist, but we are here to express and extend the very kingdom of God. That looks like something, and that looks with a moment first being stirred by him. So when we hear, and David heard him, that I hope the Holy Spirit starts to bring to you things that you have heard that your spirit needs to be stirred by as someone that carries the very spirit of the Lord inside of him. Somebody that has the Spirit of the Lord that has rushed upon you. The thing that will quell and quench the Spirit moving is because our plan is so much more important than those God-sized opportunities. We need to be on time for this meeting, or we need to look a certain way, or the expectations of my older brother. He said that I should be doing it like this. I love, Eliab seems like a real class act. You wonder why God didn't choose him, you know? He's like, get back with those few sheep. Where are you supposed to be, son? Not her. Not here. My brother. Does anybody know my brother? He's a bit of a wild man. He's found a job and we're all thanking Jesus. 
My mom is, I think, more than anyone. And so one of the things is, is he's, he's an English high school teacher. And I share this story at staff, but I think it's so significant. So my brother's a wild man. And, um, yeah, he's, yeah, sorry, I won't. I love my brother deeply, and I'll, I'll ask him to listen to this. But at the st- he started the year, it's his first year teaching. He did summer school, so he got a little bit of a head start into, the, into teaching. And um, I was, Angie and I were over in, a, in the States when he started his summer school, and so we got to support him through some of those beginning phases. And I've done a little bit of teaching, so I was able to help maybe a little bit. And so at the beginning of the year, um, of the school year, Matt, Matt took one of this, this, this one kid aside who he could tell was probably going to um, have challenges. And I think this, this guy possibly deals drugs in the school and it's just some other things. I'm not sure exactly the details, but Matt told him, he said, listen, I've got your back. I've got your back, but you got to have my back in class too. You got to, you got to be like, you got to, you got to work with me on this. And I love Matt's description of it. He's like, you know, as far as for him, he did pretty good, you know, like, so I can only imagine what that looks like. So this guy somehow probably curbed some of his, his comments that he could, but Matt gets into roast battles with his students where they just insult one another for a while, and I, I don't know how he's still employed, but he is. Anyways, this kid happens to come to school inebriated, and he then destroys a number of cars, and it ends in a police chase. And I, I'm assuming the police caught him. So, But I, I want to tell you what happened is, is that Matt found his way to the hearing of this kid where he was going to be expelled from the school. I don't know how Matt found out, but Matt found out, and he was there. No one asked him to come. He didn't get a specific email saying, hey, Matt, you got to be there. But Matt turned up. And Matt being Matt, he's not worried about, like, the, the like, social interaction side of things. He's just going to do him. And he got up in the middle, and the parents were, like, sitting there like, when we get home, boy, you know, like they were fuming. And this kid, who is a pretty tough kid, was, was visibly shaken. He was visibly in tears. And Matt gets up, and he says, I want to tell you some things about this boy. And he starts to tell him, and Matt, <laughs> I mean, this is the words of Matt. He's like, I didn't lie, but, but he did use eloquence to describe some of the circumstances that had happened in the class, all of which were true. But Matt went to bat for this kid. And he ended up not being expelled. And the thing that I just thought was so significant was that this kid, you know, do we know what Snapchat is? If we don't know, it's just another social media platform and Instagram. He started blowing my brother up on his Snapchat and his Instagram. And this is, I mean, I just, can you picture kind of like a, quite a hardened dude, you know, high school kid and, and coolness is everything there. And he's saying, yo, Mr. Northway is the real deal. He had my back when no one asked him to. Can, can I just tell you that Matt going to this guy's hearing and Matt taking him aside and putting the extra things was not part of his mission. No one has asked Matt to do those things. Believe me, my brother's done a ton of things. I'm, I wonder why he did those things. He's probably the essence of this message. He's never part of the plan. You know, sometimes I wish he'd be part of a plan, you know. But can you hear and see that when the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon you, there is something that happens that's not part of the plan where the God opportunities are. I've told Matt so many times, I'm like, you're such a good example of somebody that's just absolutely found what they were destined to be, destined to do. But it's not that he's a teacher, it's the engagement that he gets with these kids. 
can I tell you, I don't care what your role is. I don't care where you are. There are God opportunities that are so significant in the middle of the grocery store, in, in the middle of running to a meeting. And I'd love to have Murray over again. But Murray and the elders do not compare to me having a moment with my boy. My spirit is stirred within me. David's mission may have been to deliver the bread and take care of the sheep, but he had been anointed and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him from that day forward. So when David heard Goliath say, I defy the ranks of Israel this day, David's spirit stirred within him. Regardless of his mission or his plan for the day, the spirit of the Lord was upon David and his reply was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. Can I tell you that we need to realize that our mission is not to deliver the bread. We're not just coming with the bread. We're not just teaching insurance. We're not just being the accountant of a building. We're not just a member of a church. We need to be stirred up when we hear ugly things that are coming up against the attack of the kingdom of God. When we have the spirit of the living God, and that's David's words, the living God, I think sometimes our actions reflect that he might have lived a long time ago, but he's currently living inside of us. Our spirits need to be moved within us as we hear and we see opportunities to see his spirit move in this place. David's mission was to be in that place, to hear Goliath's words so that he could be there to respond. Verse 31. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, another class act. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard. I would love to grab a lion's beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Saul was like, My bad, I didn't realize this was like some stirring from the Lord here. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go. He couldn't go anywhere for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. Then David said to Saul, yeah, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. I like that David manages to convince Saul that he's really ready to take on Goliath. So Saul does, I think Saul is quite legit here. He gives David what? He gives him the very best, right? I mean, if, if I was to go into battle, I would want some fairly significant armor myself. I'm like... Saul, actually, thank you for this shield. This might help like me not to die right away. 
I, I, I would appreciate some of that armor. And, and I can imagine Saul giving it out of a good heart. Except for the fact that the challenge was Saul's to take up and not David's. But regardless of that, he gives David his very own armor, the very best that was available to him. But David is unable to use the armor. He tried in vain to go. He couldn't use him. It was not his armor. It was, it was not his armor. David rejects the next phase of the plan. Remember, we talked about we want to explore some things of what could have taken David off track of the plan. But David rejects the next phase of the plan that's being served up to him. He rejects the way in which others say he should walk out this call of God on his life. We will not be able to do what God has called us to do when we try and do it someone else's way. Hear me this morning. We will, you will not be able to achieve what God has called you to do when you try and do it in someone else's way. Remember, this, this armor, armor is made for people. You know, metal armor is made specifically for sizes. This armor was made for who? This was made for Saul. This is easy to adopt, but then when we're walking out life in the pressures of brother and sister and dad and wife and husband and community come against and say, that's not part of the plan. This is the way that you should be doing it. David rejects that part of the plan. God has made you specifically for the things that he has prepared for you. You do not need to become someone else, and you do not need to be shaped by what others say you should do. But rather, use what God has equipped you with. What has he equipped you with? Everyone has a plan Everyone has the best way to do it. If you've ever raised kids, Aaron and I were just talking about it, and I think we we're just sharing, like, like, how many people are like, this is how you should put a kid to sleep. Because this is what works, and you're a moron if you don't know that. This is, you, if you don't carry them in a certain way where they're 365 degrees parallel to perpendicular um, baby-carrying scenario, you're actually out of, you're out of space with the times. This is how you should be doing it. And, like, for them... You would think that Jesus himself had ushered those words in Matthew like 40, you know, that this is how you should carry babies, this is how you should raise. But how often are we moved by the opinion of others in regards to the call of God on our life? You need to allow the stirring of the Spirit to release a sound that will only be muddled if you're trying to use someone else's armor. What has God equipped you with? God has not called them to walk out your life. David put the plan that others were putting on him off. He went out with those things that he was able to use. Verse 41, And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. It makes me think of Goliath was like an ugly dude, you know? Because he's like, who's this handsome person coming up against me? And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up earlier than I was going to because I've got more, but just time's getting on. But I just want to close with this sentiment. 
We need to be a people that don't just talk about our desire to take down the Goliaths in our lives. We need to be a people that don't just talk about the stirring of the Spirit of the Lord. We need to be a people that act on the Spirit of the Lord, that act in the face of whatever is coming your way, regardless of how far out of the plan it is for someone else. I mean, I'll just go back to my brother. I can't tell you the amount of times that people have told him, you're moving outside of the plan, Matt. This is the plan that you should, this is the plan that you should fit into. This is what it should look like. And I told Matt, I was like, your life makes so much more sense to me now. All of the weird things that you've done in your life, I see how you can relate with high schoolers now. <laughs> Hear it this morning. We need to be a people that allow the Spirit of the Lord to take us to the places He is calling us. I can imagine being face-to-face with Goliath and how intense that would be. But how quickly do we often get put off of things that God has called us to when things far smaller and less intimidating than Goliath come in front of us? Do you have a God-inspired vision or a man-inspired vision? Rise up. Don't just declare those things in God. Don't just have coffees talking about possible exploits in God. Rise up and go into battle with those God-ordained appointments. I'm going to finish there because I have a next section, but it's going into other things. Maybe I'll do it next week. Can we pray? Jesus, I just pray that there would be a stirring in this place even now, Father. I would just encourage you that if you want to respond to this message in some way, I would just encourage you to stand up and just to lift your hands up and receive. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray for a, for a filling in this place. I want to encourage you, stand up if you want to respond to this message. Stand up if you want to respond to this message. If you want a stirring, we have to go outside of the plan. We have to go outside of ourselves to receive something that God is doing. For God's spirit is available and, and is not, it's not picky who it goes to. It doesn't matter if you're the errand boy. It doesn't matter if you're delivery boy. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Beam Industries. God's spirit wants to move through you. And it's not by your might and it's not by your strength, but it's by the spirit of the living God. Father, I just pray that there would be a stirring in this place even now. Father, I pray that we would break out of the mindsets that say this is the plan and this is how the plan is supposed to go. Jesus, would you break into every single household represented here? Father, would you break into every single uh, workplace that is represented here? Lord, these are not words where we want to see your spirit and we hope your spirit's going to move. But this is a group of people that are going to release the spirit of the Lord that has rushed upon us. Father, I speak for a new and fresh outpouring of your spirit to rush upon your people. Father, rush upon your people. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Father, stir our spirits. Lord, the the pain, the heartbreak that so many people in this world have, Father, are in desperate need of your spirit to come out. Lord, defeating Goliath wasn't wasn't an award on David's belt, but it represented freedom for an entire people. Lord, would would you just rest on your people today? recognizing that we have something so much bigger than ourselves to live for, so much bigger than our plan to live for. Father, we receive from you this morning. Lord, we're not a people that come on a Sunday morning and just listen to a nice message. Father, we're a people that receive from your word and are activated into releasing the Spirit of God into this city. Lord, I pray that that sound would not be reduced, would not be contained, Father God, but your Spirit would break forth in this place. Lord, we bless your mighty name this morning. Lord, we humble ourselves and we say it's not my plan just to deliver bread. It's not my plan just to get to the elders meeting, Father God. It's not my plan just to go and teach.
But Father, I want to hear and I want to see those opportunities where you're wanting me to reach out, where you're wanting me to express your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, can we receive that? Say amen. Father, we bless your name. Lord, I pray that your people would receive your word this morning. In the name of Jesus.